it's actually quite common. The more and more I work with athletes and, and talk to athletes at races, these old injuries come up and, and a lot of times they've been directed by their doctor or PT or whoever they saw before that this is a problem that will always be a problem. Like if you plan to continue being exercising, you, you'll probably continue to feel some sensation. And I, let's go back to my knee surgery back in 1989 that I wouldn't have full capabilities to play basketball again without a brace and that I would probably have to get knee replacement when I get older and I'd have arthritis and all these things would probably happen to my knee if I continued to exercise. And as a young person, I was in high school when this happened, obviously I was gonna keep exercising. So if I had listened to that, I would be nowhere near where I am today. And that's where you take ownership of your health. Triathlete Podcast. I'm Jess, your host, and I'm here with Beach, and this is the place where we share stories of people looking, finding, and living their purpose. And two people that are doing that are BJ and I. Right, babe? Boom. 100%. I mean, we have to, you guys. Like, we have to continue to lead the charge, and we are happy to invite as many people up front with us as possible, but know that we are living what we teach, and we are dreaming every day, and we are being brave, and we're stepping up to the infinite growth that is in the future of Yogi Triathlete. So we are so grateful that you guys are here. Our podcast is definitely growing. Those of you who have been with us from episode one, oh my God, what a journey it's been, huh? I know some of you guys uh, are just starting to listen. Go back. If you want more about like what our vibe is and, and our backstory, definitely look at all the Ask the YT episodes that we've done over the past, gosh, almost four years. We started this in April of 2016. Because what do you do when you're in the midst of getting rid of everything you own and moving into your car? You start a podcast, right? You learn how to do a podcast. You figure out how to do a podcast. Right. Um, I want to give a shout out to Jeremy Allen, who produced our podcast last week with Vera Stapina. We're getting great feedback on that, Jeremy. Thank you so much. We are, in, we are grateful for your support and for you being in the community. Excellent job, dude. And shout out to our brother, Mike Ergo, who um, Jeremy and he have been in touch uh, about the podcast production. And they were actually connected even before. But how beautiful is that? Like, I see the podcast now bringing together people in different ways. It's exactly what we started this whole thing for, is to just to build that community. And the community is just continually spreading further and further. The reach is further and further. So thinking about those early podcasts when we were on the road at a campsite talking to someone at the bathroom, that little conversation is the start of community. Yeah. It's about being really, um, I guess I want to say like, okay, or being in deep gratitude when, when you know that you're just, you're just planting a seed. Like you don't have to see the fully grown plant, be okay with just planting the seed. And I feel like we have planted so many seeds 
around this globe. We have planted seeds within ourselves and the community members and the listeners have planted seeds from the wisdom of our shows, our monthly shows, our guests. And you guys, all you have to do is keep watering those seeds and they will grow. Water the seeds of your dreams and they will grow. This is not woo-woo. This is physics. That what you focus on expands in your life. So let's see. We are just coming off our first annual Yogi Triathlete Warrior Camp. So we're going to go with Warrior Camp. That was originally when we, when I created the folder in... Google Drive, it was under warrior camps because that's what we are. We're, we're a band of warriors. You know, warriors, if you, if you watch a warrior, I always think about Russell Crowe in Gladiator. You know, a warrior is never super anxious or like, rah, I'm going to go in there. Like they're, they're calm. They're very, very calm, but they are infinitely badass. And that's what I feel the essence of Yogi Triathlete is. It's a deep sense of calm and knowing that we are so much more than what we see in the mirror. And there is so much more than what we see when we look around our world. And that our possibilities are beyond limit and our ability to live this life beyond doubt and in unwavering faith and belief and bravery is not only our birthright, but it's already inside of us. So it takes a warrior to go in and be willing to feel and see with the eyes of truth all of the layers that stand between the physical self and that infinite being within. I think there were some warriors there at camp this weekend. Yes. Oh, there were so many. Yeah, it was all warriors at camp. And gosh, there were so many, so many cool things to see, um, you know, from the 10,000 foot view and also from just the, the obvious human experience view, seeing people come together and become friends, really beautiful. I had so many belly laughs on the trail with Coach Kyla and Jody. I mean, it was funny because we incorporated, um, you know, Oracle energy cards and animal spirit cards. And we were, you know, joking around about camp names. And um, if we had to choose our element, what would it be? Fire, earth, water, um, or air and why. And anyway, the three of us on the trail, it was like, we were all fire <laughs> and everybody else was water. And I think you were the only earth and you guys were all the triathletes. And there was just three of us trail runners. And it was so funny, like the fire girls were all together. And I, and I think that's really good because we have a lot to learn from each other. Um, not just the three of us, but the three of us integrated into the group and, and into this world. Um, everybody in our life is a, is a teacher and a gift to us. And the ones that 
you know, the ones that are closest to us are our, our greatest teachers, the ones that um, challenge us are our, our greatest teachers. So it was, it was really cool to see people just becoming friends. And, and we've experienced this, BJ, through like yoga teacher training and um, that you create a bond that never breaks because you experience intimate, um, deep moments together that can never be explained or reproduced. In, in the way that they organically unfolded at that camp. It was really beautiful. Yeah, there's plenty of opportunity in the physical training, the, the mindset piece of things, you know, getting to that space where you just don't know, quite know if you're going to get in that second run, like if you're going to be able to run that second run we had on Sunday. And I, and I shared, like, there were times I didn't even know if I could run. Me personally, like my ankle was locking up and I was like, right now I cannot run. Right. And being butted up against that in an experience that I was supposed to help lead, you know, you, you, that moment, you, you're met with that moment of, of like, I just don't know. But, but you know this, like deep down, I know when the time comes, it will all be okay no matter what it is. The experience I'm supposed to have is going to show up exactly perfectly as it should. So that's, Perfect. I was going to ask you where in that unknown, because I was just saying like, you know, to live beyond doubt is within us. And I believe that we are living beyond doubt, you and I. So where is your living beyond doubt in that experience where you don't know if you're going to be able to run? Where is that no doubt? And I think you answered it. Yeah, it's already inside. Like, you know, inside. I, I, it's a knowing the same in the same. But how do you know? What What's the difference? Like, between somebody who's like, I don't know if I can run and you having that knowing to be beyond doubt. Like, what is that knowing? What is that relation? Who are you relating to? I'm relating to my true self, not my thoughts. So uh, it's quite simple. Like through meditation, you are able to sift through the thoughts, right? Understand that they're not who you are and you unearth who you truly are at the root of this experience that you're having because you're not your body you're not your thoughts it goes deeper than that so all this noise is coming in i know deep down there's a lot of things i'm certain of deep down because i've formed that relationship or i've cleared away the clutter i guess is another way you clear away the clutter and trash taking out the trash a little bit sweeping up the house getting into the corners and uncovering uncovering the true gold which is that relationship with your true self now that experience comes with time it comes with a consistent practice. It comes with a detachment and a, a, a detachment from outcome and expectations. And, and the more you practice it, the more you believe it. So I believe there's a lot of things that are coming my way. And one of them is just to show up in the experience to notice that these thoughts are going to elbow their way in and you need to be onto it. And so that's what the benefit of meditation is. You're able to, to, to see with those thoughts creeping back in, the ones that aren't serving you, the ones that aren't moving you towards your goal. How does somebody learn to embody what you said, which is you're not your thoughts? How does somebody begin to see that they're not their thoughts? Meditation. How does meditation... So in meditation, when you sit still without any music or outside stimulus, 
it's just you and your thoughts, right? You and your thoughts. If you can notice your thought, if you can say, ho, I'm ho, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want to scream at it. Ho, whoa, Ho. what was that? I guess that's what I say to it when the thought appears. Um, Ho, wait up there. Hold up. Uh, th- yeah, the thought comes in. So if I'm sitting in meditation, I, I feel that thought of like, oh, you, you need to go respond to that email. So you have the thought of responding to the email, but you're also noticing that thought about responding to the email. So who's noticing? So who's noticing the email? And then you start to say, whoa, wait a minute. You mean I actually can interrupt the automatic thoughts that are happening, 70,000 plus thoughts a day? I can interrupt one or two and notice that I have a choice. I have a choice to go respond to that email or acknowledge that it's just a thought. And I can say, body, mind, I will get to you in a few minutes, right now, I'm gonna remain still. I am gonna remain still. I, me, the true me, not my body, not my thoughts. And when you notice that there's two people in there, I know it's kind of weird. I thought it was kind of weird at first too when I started going down this path, when they said there's two, there's two things going on. There's you and then there's your thoughts. And when you notice that you can watch your thoughts, you can choose the actions you take from your thoughts, you, realize that you actually have power and that you can choose there's a space there that you can choose to pursue or not pursue like you have choice and that that space that i'm talking about is super small for most people right because that's where the automatic behavior comes in but that space can become bigger through meditation so back to your question in meditation you do whatever you need to do the the quieting of the mind, the focus, the the breathing, the calming, and you get to a point where things start to settle down. And these thoughts come in and they leave, and these thoughts come in and they leave. And that ability to allow them to leave strengthens that bond between your inner self and the power that you have to choose. That's how I see it. That's my experience. Yeah, I think that's that's beautiful. I like how you say like, you know, just let the thoughts leave. The words that I use, especially in meditations that are just super busy, super busy. And I had a lot of those leading up to the camp. My mind just constantly wanted to dot the I's and cross the T's because it's so good at that. And I would just sit in meditation and, and I would see all those thoughts. I would see all those thoughts, literally, like I see the actual words. I see all the thoughts. And then I also heard another voice just going, sifting and sorting, sifting and sorting, sifting and sorting, sifting and sorting. That's all it's doing. It's just sifting and sorting. Just let it sift and sort. At the beginning of meditation, you know, a decade ago, that would have made me very angry and very frustrated. But now I'm like, oh, yeah, that's just the mind. It just sifts and sorts and sifts and sorts and judges and analyzes and and creates problems so it can solve them. And that's just what it does. So like everything, we've all heard that, like, it's not what happens to you. It's how you respond to it. It's the same thing with the mind. It doesn't matter what the mind does. It's how you're responding to it, how you're viewing it. And as long as we identify ourselves as the thoughts, as the mind, as the body, we're going to have a very, 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 very difficult time living what I was describing at the beginning of this podcast, which is living from a depth of awakeness where you 
are connected to something greater than the physical self at all times. That it is not a ebbing and flowing. You are bound to the energy that creates worlds as your most predominant energy by which you live. So yes, it all starts with just getting still. You have to get still. You have to get still. And for athletes, getting still, you know, we're down-regulating the nervous system. And there's a lot of athletes, and I get you, that can't stop, that have a really hard time stopping, have a really hard time with rest days. Well, wow, could you imagine if you down-regulated your nervous system every single day for 20 minutes? How would that help your body organize uh, better towards healing whatever it was that was happening in your physical body? Because as endurance athletes, we're, we are putting wear and tear on the physical body. And the physical body is not permanent. It's temporary. We're going to drop this coat and we're going to move on. But as long as we're here, let's give it as much chance as possible to live in balance and perform and recover so that it can absorb and get stronger to meet the physical needs of the goals that we have. And I think for most, most athletes, it's not a problem of getting the workout done because we we're in this for a reason, right? We want to have a great performance. We want to get fit and strong and look good, right? It's, it's, so we're chasing this feeling. And this is good because we actually have a question about this. Yeah. This, we'll, we'll, we'll lead into it. But I think most athletes want to feel good and they want to perform well. And so getting the workout done and putting the effort out is not a problem. It's the opposite. It's the slowing down. It's the opportunity to let that work, like you just said, absorb and be still. And I believe the, the hesitation or the 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 fight against sitting still or having that time is you don't see the benefits right away. You're not seeing the numbers on the watch. You're not seeing the, the TSS or the, the whatever data are on Strava is not there for meditation, right? They actually should have a meditation you can't, feature on Strava, but you can't, measure it because what we're doing is beyond the limits of the mind so for for the intellects this is a tough one this is a tough one for people who are who are you know intellects and you're not less than because you're very intellectual it's just that gift of being highly intellectual can also be your brick wall to experiencing life be and and um, beyond the mind, I'll just say that. And I work and I work with um, some folks that are very intellectual, and um, and the brick walls come super fast. Uh, and then some are are willing to really learn, really, really learn the feeling. And then some, they just don't feel it's a fit. And and for me, it's like, but seeds have been planted. And maybe it'll be 30 years before those seeds get watered, but the seeds are planted. And so um, no effort, right? To quote the Bhagavad Gita, no effort on this path is a waste. So even if you tried meditation 15 years ago and said, ah, I tried it, it doesn't work for me. 
and you're listening to this podcast, well, those seeds are being watered right now, right? Yeah. So we've got just two questions today. Let's jump in. Is there anything else? Um, if you oh, if you missed camp and you're interested in in feeling into what an experience like this would be. Yeah, you can certainly come to our high vibe retreats. We've been doing them for going on three years. And it's it's really an immersion into this high vibrational life that that we've built. It's a great way to, to bring a friend, to bring your significant other, or to get a group of four people, four friends together. Come on out, join us. Uh, all the information is on the website. But if you miss training camp, we're not going to hold another training camp until next year. So the high vibe retreat, don't wait. So the point of this is don't wait. If you're feeling compelled to, to, to learn, to uh, begin to discover that relationship we were just talking about with yourself, come on out. We're here and we'll get you on the books and have an experience. Yeah, we've got, uh, we've got lots of openings. We have one that's already booked in June. Uh, we like to do about one a month. Uh, sometimes we have done two a month. We've done them back to back. Everything actually works, you know, because we really move through presence and when we move and live from presence um, there is no overwhelm in life there's just nothing that's overwhelming in life when when you really fine-tune your skill to be present there's nothing that's overwhelming in life and dates should we release the 2021 camp dates yes let's do it all right yogi triathlete warrior camp 2021 is going to be february 4th through the 8th if you attended this year's camp, stay tuned. If you didn't and you are wanting to come, then we will be releasing more details on that to the public soon. But the campers of 2020 are going to get first shot at next year. So I'm really excited. Super. I know we've, we've had some people that were messaging us with FOMO. No FOMO. Come on out. <laughs> Act this year. Um, there are no wrong decisions. There are no wrong decisions. So if you were like, man, I should have been out there, then use that experience to strengthen your desire to act. Um, and we'll, um, anyway. Here's your first challenge. Here's your first challenge in experiencing <laughs> what this, what we're talking about. It's first step. Do you feel compelled to be in our energy and, and out here? Step one. Can you answer that question? For most people, it's going to be yes, sunshine, high vibration. Yeah, yes. Act on it. Book your training weekend next year. Like book it. Like take that step. What happens is the mind is going to start getting involved and be like, because I think you have like what seventeen seconds or five seconds, something super short, before that mind gets involved and is like, ah, wait a minute. Will I have vacation time? Where am I going to get the money? Am I going to be fit enough? What's my plan a year from now? All these things are going to continue to snowball. So that's when you get in that gap and just act. And I'm speaking from personal experience. I've butted up against this numerous times. And you're still burning and off I'm that. And I'm still burning you're it up. You're burning off that delay just, karma, aren't you? Just, the, just the other day during camp, Sunday, we walked by the beach and didn't know if we were going to swim in the ocean or in the lagoon. And I saw how rough it was. It was raining. It was like a washing machine. It was crazy. It was a washing machine. And I was like... Should we go? And then right away, I was like, let's go. Sent a text to the team. Are the campers? Who's in? Let's jump in the water. And we got in the water and had a great experience. Yeah, it was super fun. Yeah, got tossed around in two-foot waves that were hitting the shore. 
I don't know, three feet from the shore. <laughs> it know. was intense, ben but it was has, fun. Ben's, ben is definitely like over six feet tall and he looked like a little baby getting thrown <laughs> around in the water. And the lifeguards like... Pulled up. Nobody was yeah. on the beach and nobody was in the water. It was crazy. It was like a, it was like perfect storm with Mark Wahlberg. And um, and the the truck drove by and they were probably like, oh, those suckers. What are they doing? So in the, the lifeguards like basically parked their truck. Uh, and uh, Jody, who is Ben's uh, wife and also a Team Yogi Triathlete member, her and I were on the shore just having a blast and, you know, getting soaked waist deep up into the water. But we had a, we had a really good time. So, yeah. Delay is a bugger. Delay is a bugger. Okay, so first question, which uh, is going to go kind of further this this piece of camp, is congratulations on a successful first camp. Yeah, I agree. I think it was a really successful first camp. We're, we're grateful and we were patient because we waited for this camp for many years and it was the right time. What did you each learn about yourselves? I'm going to take that one step further and say what did you... What did we learn about each other too? So BJ, what did you learn about yourself at camp? What did I learn about myself at camp? That this is exactly what I need to be doing. If there was any doubt, and I don't think there is, that this is, I love these experiences of specifically being on deck at the pool and coaching athletes, seeing them swim and coaching them through sets and helping them, noticing that some were struggling at certain points and being able to have the tools to address each person individually with their experience, encouraging them to keep going. And that to me, as I've worked through those things, had mentors myself that helped me get through those experiences. And now I get to help athletes with the same thing. Understanding that, again, the mind wants to keep you safe and you're going to butt up against those experiences and those challenges but it's okay to to feel that way but still move forward anyway and I in my role taking away that I have that capability to help these athletes notice that and come through the other side and like that's everything that an athlete needs to get up to that next level it's that it's that courage and confidence that despite whatever is in front of them that they can move through it and get to the other side and and do what they say they want to achieve and that's those moments are are what I truly took away from this camp is my role as a facilitator and um, coach that I've grown into this role that I'm here to help people I'm here to help them grow Um, and in turn by the magic of this relationship I'm growing myself from teaching these athletes. You're you're using the word help like I'm I'm here to help them, but I don't see you saving. I see you empowering. And I think there's a big difference there. There's like and 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 it's because, you know, it's painful to see somebody suffer. It's you know, we saw a few of the athletes kind of like, oh, another set, you know, or whatever it may be. You know, you have that moment where you're like, oh, I'm cold in the pool or my legs are tired on the track run or um, or the bike ride or whatever it may be. And it's not, we're not here to save anyone. And I, and, 
I think what you're saying is like, or what I'm, what I witnessed and, and what I translate through your words is you're empowering them because you really believe and you know beyond doubt that everything they need is already inside and you're empowering them to see that as opposed to saving them. And when we save people, we're really violating their path. We're saying you're not strong enough to get through this, right? That's well perfect. That's like the perfect way I wanted to say it. I don't want to save anybody. I want to guide them to the point where they have confidence in themselves to achieve it next time without me. And that comes with giving them permission. You know, we talk about this a lot lately, like we're here to give you permission. And that can be as simple as, you know, you have a 10 by 100 swim set and you look at it and you have fear and doubt and, and you ask, can I break it up into two by five minute, five by 100s to start? Absolutely. If that's what's going to get you to your goal, I'm giving you permission, like give people permission to achieve the goal if they need to adjust things. Without well, letting them off the hook. Without letting them off the hook. They still have to get the 10 in, yeah, you, but they can break it up. But this is where people fall is they set themselves up 10 by 100s. I can only do two. I'm going to try and get two in. And that's that's not giving yourself or allowing yourself to to shine, to to grow. So that's the benefit of a coach. The, the coach gives you permission. He's giving you permission along the way. Without ahead. letting you off the hook. Without letting you off the of, hook. Of your goals. Right. Yeah, for sure. Because if an athlete's floating by themselves, I've, I've seen this too, they, they don't, they'll fall back quite easily mm -hmm. on that habit. You've experienced that and too. And I'll do that myself. I have done it in the past. Not anymore. I'm so onto it now. Watch you out. Donkey yeah. Kong. <laughs> <laughs> Donkey Kong. And so what did you learn about yourself from this, uh, from this camp experience? What I learned about myself, this is the thing that's coming in, so I guess this is the answer of the moment, is that I am getting better and better every day at honoring both my high intelligence, my spiritual being, and I, and it, meaning I am like very comfortable in my skin. And when I first started on this meditation path, I think I got really serious. Like I couldn't drink wine and I couldn't swear and I shouldn't do this and I shouldn't because this path is at its essence about purity, that I want to purify my body and my mind so frankly, so that I don't have to come back to this earth when I, when I leave it. And also because when I do leave this earth, I want to leave on purpose. I want to be like, all right, I'm out of here, folks. See ya. <laughs> and that's going to take um, a lot of purity, a lot of alignment with high vibration. But I also play a role here on this earth that I think is a really important role to uh, honor the character that... I am the character that I play here. And on Sunday when we were at the track set and I just felt silly and rowdy and serious and strong and loving and encouraging and brave, I just was 
really felt fully expressed as a spiritual being and as Jess because Jess is rowdy and she does drop the F-bomb and she has a crazy past and she's done crazy things um, that may not align with the pure path, but they do because they brought me to where I am today and I'm really spent many years as as a lot of humans do beating myself up and and trying to be different and trying not to judge and what i realize is that change is different from transformation change is seeing something that you don't want and trying to make it different and i feel like that's a bit of a road to nowhere transformation is welcoming in more being more opening to more receiving more allowing more and as I've done that in allowing more and receiving more and living from my heart and, and speaking truthfully, I am able to live the role that I play here without beating myself up like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, I, you know, or apologizing, like to really live unapologetically because the way I live is it's from my heart. It's from the higher being. And so if I get rowdy or I drop the F-bomb, it's nothing that is not the role I play. This is very authentic to me. And I've tried to change it and it just feels like I'm putting myself in a box and I don't feel like I can breathe in a I should act like this sort of life. I can't, I can't. And so being able to live who I truly am, a fully embodied spiritual being in a human experience to really live that with authenticity, I am. I have learned that I'm doing that better and better every day with confidence and belief. So, and so the track session was one of those. I mean, it just really had a blast. Um, and then the other one when, was when I was teaching yoga at Canyon and I was, I was teaching, it just kind of came, it came naturally because I had no idea what I was going to teach. That's, we don't plan anything when we teach yoga. That's how we were taught, right? Like if we're teaching our students um, present moment awareness, doesn't it make sense that we teach from present moment awareness to trust that the perfect words come, that the perfect flow comes, that the perfect poses come, right? And we got that question too, like, did you guys, do you plan your no. yoga classes? And we don't, we look at who's in front of us. I think that's really important. Like, look, look who came to class and look at them, like, look. Yeah, and what's happening. Came. And if one person out of 10 has this weird knee thing going on, I'm not going to address it to the whole class, I'm going to walk over to the one of 10 and say, oh, hey, push into my hand or whatever, so that you're giving more silence and space to, to the students. And you're not saving them. And you're not saving them. And you're seeing them as capable. People don't right, need 25 directions right. on how to stand up. You just don't. You don't. So when I was teaching at Canyon, and I was, so anyways, teaching like the ease and effort, you know, so I'd put you guys in a super strong pose and then I'd drop you into child's pose. So it was the giving and receiving. It's the light and the dark. It's the, the strength and the relaxation. It's the contrast. And I kind of like dressed myself up in this role. Like I had my 18 karat gold, big gangsta Buddha necklace on and I had a flat brim hat and my break the bolt shirt. And, and I was just in this character of like, 
I felt very embodied, very strong, and very much on purpose. And also moving from this like unconditional love that was so incredibly powerful that I wasn't putting on a show um, on purpose, but I was fully embodied into this character. And like, I remember at one point I jumped up on the cement wall and I was like, yeah, like, yes, like I am undoubtedly living my purpose in this life, in this moment, you know, and just moving on to the next moment, not clinging or hanging on to anything. And so I felt really, really, I just felt fully expressed in that experience. And so anyway, that's what I've learned. I've learned that I'm getting better and better every day at rising up in communion with both my beautifully limited human self and the incredible all-knowing limitless being that I truly am um, and living from that perspective. That's powerful. It's really oh, it's powerful. incredibly powerful and it's available to anyone. It's available to everyone. It, and, and that's so cool. That's so cool. Some of us came into this world like super intuitive. You know, we don't delay. We don't, we don't hem and haw over decisions. And some people are more analytical and they, and they need the pro-con list and all of that. And it doesn't matter where you are. Like what I'm describing is available to everyone. And whatever it is that you need to experience along the way to that really powerful living is exactly on time. And it's the exact circumstances that um, you predetermined before you even came here. Like you came here on purpose to, uh, to live that powerful self. But the path to that powerful self is different for everyone. Yeah, it's so unique. It's yeah. unique. So looking at the way you made it, because I've heard this before like about you, like I just wish I could be like Jess, or I just wish I could stand up there and be personable and teach yoga and move from flow and presence. And it is available to everyone, but it, you're not going to follow the same path Jess did. Like we're all, we're all on this unique journey, but I think the key in it all is to embrace the experiences that you have. Each experience is leading you forward. Um, what did you learn about me? What did I learn about you? Wow. Let's see. This is, you know, hmm. I don't know what to say. There's so many things. I think... What's the first thing? The first thing is like all these skills that you acquired in your life up to this point all came out during this training camp, the planning, the flexibility, the focus, the, the nutrition, the cooking, the um, community, like all these skills that I've seen you, we've been together 20 years now, like I've seen all of it come together during camp. And so the hilariousness, the silliness, the, the, um, the morning meditations, like bringing things, reeling things back in, the schedule planning, but being flexible with the schedule, the actual participation, the meeting a lot of people where they're at, the um, just the, the vibe of everything. I think in the words that you expressed most often during meditation, the heartfelt present words really had people hanging on those words understanding that this experience was was something to really embrace because it's truly special it's not just another 
day in the life of what you talk about all the time. And I think people really took away that for you to get to this point, at times it was a shit show. And at times you were in on the stage in, in your glory. And there's the, that contrast again. But you had to go through all that to get to this point. So I just saw you in your element, I guess, is, is really what I saw. And this is exactly what you need to be doing and more of it. Is that a fair assessment? If that's your assessment. <laughs> that's my perspective. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a beautiful perspective. I appreciate that perspective. Yeah. It's a beautiful perspective. Yeah, more of that. Oh, so what did you learn? <laughs> what did you learn about me? Um, <clears throat> number one, your hotness factor goes through the roof <laughs> when you're on the deck coaching swimming. I was like, holy crap. I am married to a babe. You looked so good up there. And... uh it's interesting because I, we collaborate, you come to me and we talk about um, different things with athletes coaching and situations that they're, they're coming up against in their life and we, we have conversations sometimes about how the best way is to support them and how the best way is to set them up for success and how the best way is not to save them but to... Um, to empower them. And, and we discuss these things. And, um, I ask you quite frequently, you know, how's the team doing? How are the athletes doing? And, and, but I saw you in a way that I haven't seen you really ex with the exception of like when we first started like the master's swim program in Newport, seeing you coach on the deck, like watching you really own the room and talk about the bike safety and the expectations of being on the bike. And even in the, the Facebook live videos leading up to the camp and coaching on the deck at the pool and the track coaching and working with coach K and, you know, telling her, you know, delegating to her what you needed from her, you know, to support the athletes, to set everybody up for success. Like what I learned is like, you know, your shit through and through and you are so fucking confident about what it is that that will allow an athlete to be their best it is it's just it's brilliant it's brilliance uh in its most beautiful form and so I really it just I saw like you I saw it all come together like people have to understand yes we spend every day together but you you were like you showcased your shit and it's super impressive it's really remarkable it's remarkable so it was cool to see that to see you shine like that like you know what you were talking about you know how to coach an athlete to success and the thing is is that we will not compromise on the lifestyle this is a lifestyle it has to be a lifestyle because the lifestyle is what welcomes in the ease. If it's separate from your lifestyle, it's going to be more of a battle. But when it, the high, vib high vibratory existence becomes your lifestyle, when you embrace everything that Yogi Triathlete has to offer and you being our, our lead head coach in that, you will achieve your dreams. You will believe 
that anything is possible. And that's the other, I mean, I, I knew this about you, but again, just to see it, to, to really solidify this belief, like you believe in those athletes. Um, so we had a couple of athletes who came to the camp that shared some words to give people an idea of um, what camp is like. So let's do that and then we'll pop into our final question. How's that sound? Sounds good. Okay. Yeah. All right. This comes from Jody, who's, I mean, she's just, oh, such a treasure box. I love her so much. Jody, you are amazing. So strong. Such a strong soul. I think I said that to Resilient. her. Resilient. I think I said that to yeah. her. Jody, if I didn't say that to you when we were out on our trail run, um, I'm saying that to you now. You are such a strong soul. As an ultra runner, it was both scary and amazing to be in the pool. I would have never, and I mean never, done this on my own. Camp has given me a tool for my toolbox that I can utilize for years to come and one that I believe will help with recovery after putting a ton of miles on my body. So that's so cool. So she came to camp as a trail runner and left as a trail runner who swims. It's important for ultra runners to get in the pool to flush out the legs, to get the body in the cooler water temperature and to the compression of the water to get to get recovery started and even just it doesn't have to be like 5,000 yards or 90 minute swim it can just be 15 to 20 minutes after your long run will help you recover for that next yeah session. we were talking in the hot tub um the hot tub's the best we were talking <laughs> in the hot tub they were asking me how many times a week that I swim and I was like you know sometimes it's 15 or 20 minutes but it just makes a difference and and Jody was like She's up for anything, like her husband Ben, and to see her get in the pool on the first day and be kind of like, okay, I got flippers and where do, how do I hold the board and I, I, you know, breathing and, and then the second day it was like she was three levels up and um, yeah, it was so cool to see that. So Jody kicked butt. Thank you, Jody, for sharing those words to give people an idea of um, you know what experience is like at Warrior Camp. Okay, and then the next one is from Chris. Oh, my God, Chris, you are amazing. Okay, Chris says, what an awesome experience. <sighs> I cherish the opportunity to meet and participate with my yogi triathlete teammates in all the activities. It didn't matter if it were the workouts, the yoga, the food preparation, morning walks to the coffee shop, or falling asleep on the couch in mid-conversation just to be around a group of people with common minds and body. I found it to be exhilarating, exciting, and fresh. To me, it was an opportunity to pursue a goal and lifestyle that I now crave more than ever. And our camp did everything to solidify and support my reasoning for joining such a remarkable group. Okay, and let's just move into our final question. Wow, we uh, that was just, wow, what a beautiful <laughs> conversation. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for the question about the camp. Um, it's cool to flesh it out. Okay, here we go. I'm training for a spring marathon, and my training has been going really well. I've been focusing on consistency, and all of a sudden, an old injury is creeping back in. How dare that thing? I'm trying to stay positive and I'm having a hard time pulling back and I'm scared that I won't have the mileage I need for my race. I want to PR. Everything's been going great and now this. I could really use your words of wisdom right now. 
So, wow, never experienced this. This is a, this is a very unique situation. <laughs> we have never experienced this personally or 100%. in our community. 100%. Um, I have, uh, it's like, it's like I've lived this <laughs> for sure. Um, so BJ, you want to speak to this? Yeah, it's actually quite common. The more and more I work with athletes and, and talk to athletes at races, these old injuries come up and in a lot of times they've been directed by their doctor or PT or whoever they saw before that this is a problem that will always be a problem. Like if you plan to continue being exercising, you, you'll probably continue to feel some sensation. And I, let's go back to my knee surgery back in 1989 that I wouldn't have full capabilities to play basketball again without a brace and that I would probably have to get knee replacement when I get older and I'd have arthritis and all these things would probably happen to my knee if I continued to exercise. And as a young person, I was in high school when this happened. Obviously, I was going to keep exercising. So if I had listened to that, I would be nowhere near where I am today. And that's where you take ownership of your health. And in that example, I was not prescribed, you know, physical therapy. So I had to go seek physical therapy on my own. So I went to our high school PT. I went, she snuck me in, not snuck me in. <laughs> she allowed me to come to her PT clinic once or twice a week, which was just down the street. And she treated me at the high school where she worked at our high school. So I was constantly getting treatment, constantly doing the work, showing up in the morning, doing exercises, doing what I could to keep momentum moving forward. And now that I think about it, I never thought of it that way. Like I was, I was in solution energy at that stage of my life as, a, as, as I was in high school. But the point here is the advice that I was giving, I just intuitively didn't believe in it. There's ways that you can um, continue to move forward and not let this injury or whatever is coming up dictate how you perform at the marathon because all you need to do is work on today, right? Let's get back to presence. What can you do today? And understand that this sensation that you're feeling, no matter where it is, is probably coming up because of some imbalance in the body, most likely somewhere else, not really where you're actually feeling the symptoms of the, the pain. So the mind wants to spiral and think about you've got 10 weeks or whatever, how many weeks left to your race? How are you ever going to get the training in, the miles in, that stuff doesn't matter. It doesn't even exist. And each experience leading into a race is different. So you can never repeat the same you know, training leading up to a race. It's different in some respect. And you want it to be different because you're ever-changing. Uh, you are the same. You, meaning you inside, are the same. But you're in a different body every day. It's changing. So... In those experiences, you you do your due diligence. You know what can you do to address whatever is going on in the body. Does it need rest? Do you need to look at what you're fueling your body with and how you're recovering? What's your meditation practice look like? Should you go and see a new uh, doctor, a new kind of Doctor Dave, we call it, or a physical therapist? Not really physical therapist, but somebody who's going to help you along continually, not just give you prescribed exercises and you're on your way. Someone who can help you build strength and mobility to address the areas that you're feeling 
the pain and how can you continue your training? This is such a great one right here. How can you continue your training? So if you're a runner in this respect, what's you training for? Marathon? Mm-hmm. So marathon, what can you do to, to keep moving? Can you get on an elliptical machine? Can you walk? Can you jump in the pool as we just discussed for our runners? Can you get in the pool, do some pool jogging? Can you uh, use the Alter-G, which is a phenomenal uh, treadmill tool that uh, physical therapy facilities have that allow you to run at not your full weight. So they, they support your weight. Uh, you can run at 70% of your weight, 30% of your weight, and allows you to keep momentum moving forward. So those are the things you want to be in. You want to be in that solution energy, like what can you do? This is just this is just a simple little growth spurt is how we, how we like to look at it. It's just an opportunity for you to see where you are. Um, and this is actually where one of our athletes is at, too, on the team, where things were going really, really well, building up momentum, and then all of a sudden he fell and on the sidewalk and he bruised his ribs and, and had to figure out how he can move forward. And there's plenty of things you can do. There's always something you can do. There's always something you can do. What we do is we tend to put expectations on things and get into that box and say, the only way I can run my fastest marathon is if A, B, and C happen. But if B tends to drift away and we only have A and C, can we still get to that marathon and perform our best? Of course you can. The answer is of course. It's our mind that wants that certainty that we're gonna, what we do is gonna lead us to that race. So flexibility, patience, understanding the body is adapting, like a, a great opportunity to look at your training. How has your training gone? How has your nutrition been? What is your stress like? Oh man, the stress. Let's talk about the stress that, that you're feeling at work or in your commute where you're driving an hour each way. So there's plenty of ways this can go, but it's an opportunity. Don't see it as uh, a death sentence to an unsuccessful race. Like, don't let this be your story. Let's change the story. Here's your opportunity to change the story. And the universe provides plenty of opportunities for us to change our story. What do you think? Well, to finish, to just uh, build upon what you just said, I mean, we'll get opportunity after opportunity after opportunity after opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to get to the other side of what it is that we came here to get to the other side of until we get to the other side of it. We will receive those opportunities. So I think an important thing here is the social programming that injury is bad, that illness is bad, that dis-ease is bad. All this is is really um, a purification process. And all energy dis-ease and injury is simply energy that is the way I look at it is it's ready to move. And wow, shouldn't that be a celebration? That the energy that is festered and been trapped in our body is now ready to lift out. And, and if we fight that, we're gonna trap it further. If we recognize a new transformative perspective that is available to us, which says, There is nothing about this experience that is not training. There is nothing about this experience that is detrimental to my marathon experience. There's nothing about this experience that isn't for me. So if we look at this as everything was growing, going great until this, we then break the momentum. When really what it's teaching us is high level athleticism where 
everything is going great, period. <laughs> that nothing derails me. Um, that this is all for your training. And the beautiful fact that if we support this energy and we love this energy and we stay in solution energy to allow it the space to move, I mean, how positive is that going to affect your marathon experience? Exponentially, 100%. So again, this isn't about looking at something that we don't like and wanting to make it different. And I think that's where this is, this is totally going to be a chapter in the book, The Road to Nowhere. This is a road to nowhere. And it's going to continue to happen until we adopt the high level perspective of all perspectives, which is every stop along the way in this journey is for our highest opportunity to be our best athlete, to be our best being, having a human experience here. BJ touched upon a very uh, important truth, which is the solution is never in the problem. So if we're in the problem energy, we're in the, I don't know what, what this injury is. Let's say it's um, a foot, okay? If we are in the symptoms, if we are in expansion because we are focusing on the pain and we are focusing on all of the things that we don't want to have happen because our foot is in pain, that is exactly what is going to expand in our life is the problem, which perhaps happened the first time the injury came up. And that's why we see it as like, oh, the old injury is back. And the way I see it is, well, that's just the part that we didn't, that we didn't master last time. Now we're getting another opportunity towards mastery. Like what a freaking gift to be a master. This is giving me the opportunity. We have to have the contrast. The contrast is what allows for the growth. The solution is never in the problem. And when we're in the problem, if we're stuck in the problem energy, then we're just going to continue on that road to nowhere. But if we can be like, wait a minute, what can I do? What is good about this? Um, geez, I always say I have no time. I'm going to take a couple of days off of, I'm going to back off my running, take it down, maybe do a half hour on the elliptical, keep some momentum going. Boy, this is going to give, now give me the opportunity to, I don't know, write that thank you card or, you know, do get the taxes together. It's, it's all an opportunity for you. So staying in solution energy about what it is providing for you as opposed to what it's taking away from you. Um, because that is a flawed belief system because nothing that you experience is taking anything away from you. I think that's all I have to add. Um, yeah. Yeah. We don't want to give it too much energy ourselves. Oh, I have one more thing. What's that? That came through. Is that um, when we have contrast, when we have a situation in our life that, you know, we wouldn't necessarily put on our training plan, you know, like uh, February 11th, like I'm going to fall off the curb or whatever it is. Um, it gives us an opportunity to see our programming because the initial response that comes up the least action pathway, which is basically um, our autopilot, is basically just the program that's been practiced. And the thing is, is that we believe, because we've been, we've been programmed, because nobody ever told us how to really train the mind, is that we believe that that program is just like we're, we're a victim to that 
perspective. And the thing is, is that that's just one tiny little tray of rotting fruit on the buffet of beautiful perspectives, right? So if it doesn't feel good, imagine it's just like that kind of low end, like nasty Las Vegas buffet. And um, that there's another buffet um, at the cliffside, uh, you know, Relay and Chateau five-star B&B. You could go eat off of that buffet. They're both available to you. So uh, you can choose whatever perspective you want. Uh, the one that pops up is just the default. And if you don't like the default, you can change it. And I'm living proof of that. Cool. Why don't you send us off with some final words of whiz? Whoa. Give Put us me some on whiz. The spot. Drop some whiz. You dropped it last month. I thought it was pretty good. I, I don't know. what. To, uh, let's see. Hmm. I don't want to get too far into the mind. Um. Let's see. Are you in there? Yeah, the mind. Like, <laughs> trying to think of something quick, something I, I want to address. But um, so what we, you know, what we vocalize. I don't even know if this is. No, I'm not going to cover myself. This is boom. This is yeah, like, boom. This is the the rocking stuff. So if you believe something to be true, then you're going to continually uh, indulge in that experience. So if you believe that the water temperature in the ocean is cold and you don't jump in, you'll continually reinforce that habit that you don't want to jump in. But there may just be that small little piece of you that is willing to go on an adventure. And this adventure could be as small as dipping your toes in the ocean. So listen to that small voice. So you're going to move from what is comfortable and what is your default behavior. When you begin to explore the opposite, as small as it is, the biggest, biggest growth experiences come from just that little choice that you made to pursue what you believe is not possible. Ooh.